You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Welcome back to yet another episode of Beside the Badge. My name is Paul Buckner. I am a civilian police chaplain in the American Midwest, and I want to talk about something that's near and dear my heart. Things that I wish that they taught in the police academy. So when you go, and this is this is me talking as a guy who's headed very likely in August of this year to the police academy, a night academy. It's going to take me nine months of going at night to get through the academy, but there are things that I wish that they taught in, in the police academy. And a lot of this has come to me over better than a decade of being in the front seat of a police car, riding next to officers, hearing the things they talk about, hearing the things that they wish somebody had taught them. So we're just going to start. So you're going to change as a person. By the time you graduate the academy, you are not going to be the same person that came in. Um, you will experience terrible things that you wish you'd never seen and you will not have been given the skill sets to deal with them. Um, They will teach you how to conduct, in theory, a traffic stop, um, a shoot-no-shoot scenario. You will cover the law for your state. Uh, Academies are different. Not all academies are alike or equal. Um, academies vary in length. Academies vary based on are they taught in a at a college university level or are they taught by a specific police department, sheriff's department, um, you know, at a state level or a federal level. But there are things that I wish that were taught in the academy that are typically not. Um, you, you're not going to learn as much about being on the radio as you wish. Um, and really how to conduct a real life traffic stop by and large, you're not going to learn there's, there's 10 codes, which a lot of departments are already going to like plain speak as, as you were, as it were, they are just speaking plainly on the radio, which has its pluses and minuses because sometimes a 10 code gives you the ability to talk about something that you don't want the bad guy to know that you're talking about, i.e. get me back up here now. Um, but you're, you're going, we'll talk first and foremost about things you're going to see as a police officer that I wish they did a better job preparing you for psychologically in the academy and then preparing you for how to deal with them. There's a a young police officer. He means the world to me. He's one of several young men who are like my brother, great cop. And um, he ran up to a a vehicle that had overturned and uh, was off of a roadway and had actually been a suicide by gunshot and the person had aimed themselves towards something that they figured that if they survived the gunshot, they wouldn't survive the crash. And he was prepared for an MVA, um, a motor vehicle accident. He was not prepared for the GSW, the gunshot wound to the chest of the individual. And I've talked to people at command level who will say, not only was I never prepared for this, but no one along the path in my career taught me how to deal with this. You will hear, we'll just go get drunk. Uh, You know, just go have an affair. Just go get laid. Um, Just go do something wild and crazy. You know, people pick up sometimes some very dangerous negative coping mechanisms that don't really cope that well. 
we need you you're, you're going to experience things if you if you haven't already uh that are, are are going to have the potential to stay with you you will potentially um see the inside of a human head you may run up to a vehicle at an accident and slip and brain matter it's not a pretty thing um, you may pick up pieces of a body off the side of the road you may deal with explosions and and the debris in what used to be a human being um, you may go to a house for a wellness checkup and the person have been dead for days or weeks that is not a pretty thing now i have i've dealt with death i've not dealt death dealt with death with the really really bad ones and those things will change you 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 may well see horrific injuries i have been at the scene of dozens of accidents where people's jaws have been broken or different things um, i've seen where if the jaw was broken and it was rearranged i've seen a man's jaw broken and his teeth sticking through the side of his of his cheek and i say that not to be gross i'm not saying that for shock factor or for wow no one prepares you for these things and you have to psychologically be able to put it in a framework you may see the dead body of a child you may see a person take their own life you may pull up to the scene very well pull up to the scene of a situation to check on an officer and find the officer is dead they have died of a heart attack they have died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound on duty in uniform at their desk in their patrol car whatever they've taken their own life um, that's why you need a buddy system to be checking up on each other so that so that we don't end up being another statistic um, you may pull up to the scene of a situation and and be called to a situation and go in and find someone you care about is dead um, I know of an officer that responded to the suicide of one of his best friends and had to work that case had to work that call um, sometimes when you find dead bodies that were murdered or somebody that was homeless that died you end up in situations where you can have nightmares they can linger with you i know of officers who've had terrible nightmares that it was their own child you can develop paranoia and fear um, people will threaten your life and the life of your family um, people will threaten to kill them to rape your spouse to rape and murder your children people will say things to get your goat in a world full of cameras hoping to take your badge away um, people will try to lure you into a sexual escapade that can cost you your badge many a young man or young woman has lost their career in law enforcement to an affair that should not have happened i know of officers who have had affairs in uniform on duty and have lost their badge because of it have lost their entire career because of it and you that's to say nothing of all of the the microscope microscope level scrutiny that you will be under as a police officer to begin with so you will see death you will see dismemberment you may hold someone as they die these are things that i wish that they taught in the academy now coming from a place of faith i've talked about this in a lot of broadcasts and a lot of podcasts i wish that in the academy 
that, that and of course I come from a place of faith. So that's, that's the way I think. And that's the way I approach life to be absent from the body is to be present with God. If you are still breathing, I will do everything in my power to help you. If you were recently breathing, I'll do everything in my power to resuscitate you. If you are no longer here, I believe you are either with God or, or at the very least, you've reached your final destination. There's nothing more I can do for you other than treat your body with dignity. You're not there anymore. There's no one driving the car. So we're going to put the car in park. We're going to put it over to the side to use a, an analogy. I'm going to treat your body with respect, but it is not you anymore. And one of the things that I wish they taught in the academy is bodies, even though they are dead, do strange things. Fingers move. Bodies twitch. Eyes may open. They may, they may shiver or shimmy. A, a limb may move. Bodies have been known to sit up. These are, there's gases and air moving and rigor mortis is setting in and muscles are tightening and all these different things are going on inside of a body. I talked to a coroner one time that said, I wish that um, they would send guys and gals fresh out of the academy to spend a week with me because I could show them so much of what happens in a body. I think this could actually be a class that is video recorded and taught in academies where you, you sit there and watch through it and a and a coroner conducts an autopsy and explains what happens with bodies. Bodies can pass gas. Um, I know of some officers that were they were rookie cops. They were at a suicide, and um, it was very evident the person was dead. The body's eyes were still looking forward, and a group of rookie police officers were standing there looking at the body. Um, and uh, waiting on the coroner to arrive and take the body away. And the body's mouth opened and dropped and the body exhaled because the lungs had air in them and the body exhaled. And they screamed and went over and around and through each other and got outside and were literally standing outside. This is before the zombie thing was the thing that it is today. But these guys were, were scared out of their minds when they got outside because nobody had ever explained to them, bodies do strange things. And they, they move and they shift. And, they, and, and this is me, not as a coroner, talking about this. These things are things I've experienced or I have had people describe that have happened to them or around them. And it's part of, it's part of the body after we're done with it. It's part of what happens. That is one of the biggest things. Another thing that people need to be able to wrap their minds around, and I wish this was taught in the psychology of this was taught in the academy. And if you came from an academy that taught this, <laughs> you're doubly blessed. The body cannot come back from the dead and hurt you. You know, the, the body can't grab you and snatch you and pull you to the other side. And I know that sounds weird, but a lot of times people who deal with death and they're uncomfortable with their own mortality I know right now that if a bullet crashed through that wall and entered my head and hit that wall, which, God forbid, I don't want that to happen. I'm fond of being alive. I know that I would be in heaven with God. I have a firm faith in that. And we'll talk about this in another episode, and, and probably over time in many episodes. But I feel there's no one more dangerous, male or female, in a room than the person who has eternal security. They know where they are going. That doesn't mean you're going to go attack people and hurt them. That means... Listen, buddy, the law says you go to jail. 
you know, you've, you've murdered someone, you've raped someone, you're a pedophile, whatever it is that you've done, you're a bank robber. The law says you go to jail. Guess what? You're either going to jail or I'm going to die trying. Um, I've been in enough hairy situations as a half crazed chaplain that I have, I have wrestled and fought with people that were trying to hurt cops. Um, I've been in a number of different situations over the years and, um, if you're afraid to go through that door, and, and you will be at times, but eternal security does a lot for that fear. I'm not afraid to go through that door. And that, I'm not saying that as some false bravado or some ego thing. I'm not afraid to go through that door because I know if I die, I know where I go. And I know in a, in a secular college environment, it's going to be hard to teach that or understand that. But understanding where you're going to go has a huge impact. I have literally seen rookie cops fresh out of the academy that have seen 150 videos of people dying, of police officers losing their lives, getting beat to death, getting shot, getting stabbed, getting run over. Um, they've watched footage, video after video after video after video of people dying, and it's pumped into them, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. And then they have to go into a building and clear it, and they are understandably petrified you have to be able to trust your equipment you have to be able to trust the person that has your back or if it's just you and you have a job to do and i have actually been in a couple of situations where that fear i've seen it paralyze people and have nothing but respect for them because they had the courage to put on that badge to begin with and i've seen them come back from it you will be afraid and i don't know how many academies teach all of this, the effects of caffeine on the body, the effects of alcohol on the body, the effects of not getting enough sleep, the effects of working night shift for five years in a row until you look like a vampire, um, the effects of, of cigarettes or doing illegal drugs, the effects of not forgiving. That's one of the most powerful things. Holding a grudge is one of the worst things you can do for your physical body that's possible. Science backs that up. Being able to let things go. If you, if you don't let things go and you hang on to that anger and that rage and that grief and that pain and that unforgiveness, you might as well be clutching broken glass. You've heard me say that before. Um, and it's just going to cut you deeper and make you bleed. So you're going to squeeze it harder and you're going to make that glass pay for what it's putting you through. And oh, it's hurting me more. Better to let it go and let the wounds heal. Clean them. Let the wounds heal. I have talked to people that have said, it'll be a cold day in hell before I ever forgive that guy for what he did to my partner. I understand that's a justifiable feeling. But if we don't forgive, we are literally a prisoner to that. We have let that person take up rent free in our brain. We've given them that street in our brain and they've fortified it. Time to a victim, time to let those things go. I have seen a chief of police attend the same church as a man who used to be a drug dealer in his town. They both know Jesus now, and I have seen them attend church together. They weren't besties, but they were friendly, and I saw them actually talk. Forgiveness works a lot. I wish that the concepts of grief and, and dealing with pain, the fact that you may have nightmares, the, the fact that post-traumatic stress is going to affect you. I wish these things were taught in the academy differently than they are. And in some cases, they're not taught at all. 
they're not taught at all. Let's take a quick sponsor break and we'll come back and talk more about things that I wish they taught in the police academy. So John Leo Riley, gentle response. He teaches amazing de-escalation training. I've watched some of his videos recently. You can find him on the social medias. He puts people under stress and teaches them how to de-escalate. It's like defensive driving for your mind. And um, then we've got Got Your Six Coffee. There's purpose in every cup. I love it. Coffee sip break. There's purpose in every cup. Cup of Joe is my favorite. If you have a police department, a fire department, or you just drink coffee, if you're a patriotic, you know, flag-waving, red-blooded American, heck, if you attend church somewhere, they probably have coffee. If you work in a hospital, they probably drink coffee. Guess what you can do? You can drink their coffee. You can change the life of a police officer, a firefighter, an EMT, a paramedic or a veteran by drinking coffee. I love it. Check out Got Your Six Coffee, followed by Matt Combs, Shield Force International. You need to be looking at his mindset training. You need to be looking at his survive the ambush training. Matt Combs, Shield Force International. So they're gonna to talk to you in the academy about the cut of your uniform and wearing your uniform well likely they are going to talk to you about a lot of, of proper procedure and law they're going to talk to you about staying physically fit they're going to talk to you about continuing to train excuse me they're probably not going to talk to you i doubt they're going to talk to you much if at all about the fact that you may you may shake every time you drive past the park that you had that fight in um where the guy attacked you and you almost lost the fight and if backup hadn't gotten there, you would have died. I wish that they would talk more about the fact that people will fail you, that you will work with cops that have no business behind a badge. You will have people that you work with that you will have de-escalated a situation and there was no need for it to go any further and they get there and they're there to kick butt and chew bubble gum and they're all out of bubble gum. And now you're wrestling around and fighting on the ground and the guy has a criminal record that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that officer. Joe, I want to fight somebody. That's a problem. And so you will see that. You will see people that have no business around a badge. You will see people that will try to run you over um, at the admin level or people that you work with. I have seen officers that have bragged and crowed in my presence about the fact that they have stirred the pot at work and they have caused close friends to doubt each other's integrity or even hate each other. And I've had to go in behind some of those situations and say, you realize he says that to everybody. You realize she says that to everybody. I have, the word of God says that a gossip separates close friends and I have seen it happen. One of the saddest things is, and there, there's, there's a couple of sayings. They say, don't ever trust your, your money or your wife to a cop because he'll he'll take both I know officers who have borrowed borrowed with hanging quotation marks money from a friend and refuse to repay it ever I know officers that have slept with each other's wives or girlfriends uh, that's terrible and uh, female officers that have pursued 
other married officers, married male officers that have pursued other female officers, married or otherwise. I've seen these things. Uh, as a friend of mine says, who's a friend and a mentor and runs a, a department, he's got more years behind the badge than I do years alive. And he said, I, I've almost never seen somebody fired over a situation that didn't, did not involve someone of the opposite sex. Oftentimes a man losing his job over a woman, whether he sexually harassed her or she was a willing participant in, in whatever happened, that type of failure of integrity will cost you a badge. Um, I have seen, I have seen young men get into law enforcement and they were a four, a six, maybe an eight in looks. They were okay looking. Um, not super thin, not super muscular, didn't have that square jawed alpha male thing that I'll never have. Didn't have that, you know, should be on the cover of a magazine look. But they put on a uniform. We've talked about this before. And suddenly that four is an eight. That eight's a 12. And they let it go to their head. I know of young officers that the minute that their picture's in the paper, they're getting invitations to come have sex from the opposite sex. I know of young men that the minute they put on the uniform and start working at a department, women are slipping them their phone number or their address and saying, come on and see me. And I'm going to tell you that kind of thing comes back to bite you. I have seen men lose their jobs because they thought they had it handled and they didn't realize their vehicle had been lowjacked and the department knew exactly where they were. And why was that guy at that call for an hour at that house for an hour when there wasn't a call there? Why, why do we have pictures from the neighbor photographing and saying it's the fifth time this month that that guy's vehicle, he's on duty in his patrol vehicle going in uniform into that, that woman's house. Why is she going to that guy's house for the fifth time this month? And I've seen it cost people their badge. Integrity is not worth it. And you'll be tempted. I've had officers tell me that even in small towns, they've been offered sizable bribes. Like I get paid that much in a year kind of bribes is what they're telling me to look the other way. You know what officer, I really don't want a DUI. Here's this much money waving it in their face to just look the other way. And guess what? You're the only person on that stop. Integrity means a lot. You look down and there's rolls of, of hundreds. There's $50,000 more than you make in that entire year. And there's eight of them. And you were the first officer to the bathroom. And you were the officer that pulled the medicine cabinet out. And you were the officer that looked behind it. And who's going to know whether seven rolls or eight rolls? Who's going to know? Integrity matters. It's one thing to find a $100 bill walking down the street on the ground and you look around and there's nobody around for blocks. There's no way to know whose it was. There's another thing to steal from a crime scene. It's, I wish those were things that they taught in the academy and there's more. Um, definitely coping mechanisms need to be taught. Dealing with death, dealing with the fact that you may save somebody's life and they sue your department. I can't imagine a bigger slap in the face. 
um, I know of, of police officers that have saved somebody's life or saved somebody from domestic violence and then had that person turn around and say, that officer raped me or that officer touched me inappropriately or I'm suing this department because I wanted to die. I'm suing this department because when you came to the house and my, my significant other had beaten me into uh, unconsciousness and was gonna kill me and you killed them to save me, I'm suing the department and I'm suing you personally because you took them from me. You're gonna deal with people that you will look at them and you will have to understand that where they are in their head does not make sense. You are going to deal with situations where if you're not careful because you're working, you're working with the same people all the time. I, I had an officer tell me, he said, we dealt with an individual for years, couldn't get the person put away for any significant amount of time. And they, they terrorized an entire section of a county. And then one day the person died. Natural causes, they died. And that entire part of the county was quiet for months. And we didn't realize how much that one person was causing heartache. You will know, I wish they taught this in the academy, you will drive by a house and know that that person is guilty of sin. You will know that that person has a chop shop. You will know that that person deals drugs. You will know that that person is guilty of murder. It's, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. You will drive by that house and know beyond the shadow of a doubt that that person is guilty. They'll smile nod and flippy the bird because they know you can't prove it that is very hard to deal with i had a, a police officer tell me he said i know that this guy coffee sip break i know he deals drugs in my town um he's too successful at the things he's doing um he's he he came in and he has a cash flow business that and i'm not going to say what it is but the business is known for for being an okay business, but people pay cash and he's making, he's making the kind of money that he, he should only be making if he's running 10 or 12 of those locations. And he's buying all these rent houses and all these different things. And he's laundering his drug money into real estate. And he's like, and I can't, I know it. I know he's guilty of sin. I know that he is an evil person. I know he's dealing drugs in my town. I can't prove it. I've had people tell me he is, but they can't get me proof. That is going to be very hard to deal with. You are going to, and I wish they taught this in the academy, and if they did at your academy, praise God. Not all academies are created the same and equal, but I've seen this so many times. You will, you will arrest a person, have them dead to rights, and like a young officer told me, the guy bonded out on $300 on three felonies that involved shooting at people and trying to murder people driving down the road, not self-defense. The guy bonded out on $300 cash. Yeah, you can't find your purpose in the badge. You have to find your purpose outside of it. You do what you do to help people, but you have to remember you can't help them all. I literally have talked to officers who have warned a particular woman 50 times between them. Get away from this guy. He's going to kill you. And guess what he did? He killed her. And she was not perfect in the situation. She made the situation worse. There are people that are heck meant for Christmas. They're going to do what they're going to do. And I wish they taught that in the academy. You, you can't save them all. 
and, and it will be so hard not to develop a hatred or a loathing. It will be so hard not to look at the entire world as being bad. You have to have friendships and hobbies that are outside the badge, meaning not just that you hang out with your cop friends off duty. No, you have to have friends that are not law enforcement off duty. You have to. There are going to be situations that you will never be able to solve or prove. I know police detectives that cannot prove that someone committed uh, murder. They know that they did, or, or worse yet, they know that there's a murderer loose in their small community and they can't figure out who. I talked to a chief of police who told me he was dealing with a situation that involved violence towards a tiny child that was too young to speak. He said, Paul, I have it down to, to a handful of people that I know did it. But at the same time, um, I, I don't know who did it and I can't sleep at night. There are going to be situations that you can't resolve. And I had one more. Um, there's so many situations like this that are truly heartbreaking that you will deal with, um, a dark sense of humor. So a little bit of a dark sense of humor is not necessarily a bad thing. I think they call it Ganser syndrome is how you pronounce it. And it's, it's a way of dealing with something bad that happens. And I'm going to tell you a story and I, I will be able to tell, you will be able to tell if you have a dark sense of humor based on your, your immediate knee jerk response to this story. So young police officer, they're dealing with a dead body. They're trying to get prints, um, trying to deal with the fact that, that this officer is holding hands with a dead body and he's trying to get the finger up, rigor mortis, the hands tightened up. And he's trying to, he's trying to lift a fingerprint off of the corpse. And another officer walks up and leans over and whispers, trying to help him deal with the moment and whispers to the corpse, stop resisting. I have to admit, I find that mildly amusing. I've been around enough death and tragedy. The irony of the fact that the body is not resisting, that it's rigor mortis, that it has nothing to do with resisting, it's mildly amusing. Now, if you shrank back in horror from that, you don't have Ganser syndrome, you don't deal with a dark sense of humor, and law enforcement might not be the world for you. I literally know people that there are situations that I've dealt with that I went, okay, I can't do anything for this body, but help them carry the body, lay it on a gurney and help them steer it out and put it in the back of the coroner's vehicle. And then afterwards, we're going to go eat dinner. If that bothers you and, it, and, and it's something that you can't handle, law enforcement may not be for you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's people that are meant for very different things. I have had to cut apart vehicles of people I knew. And I've seen people that also knew that individual, those individuals freak out in the moment, lock up, not be able to handle it, completely go nuts and almost have panic attacks in, in some combination of all of that. I've seen people do this. I truly believe to be absent from the bodies, to be present with God. That helps me to get through those things, but you will if you're not careful, have a tendency to develop a really dark sense of humor. I know people that have developed very strange responses that are not healthy. And I've had conversations with multiple police officers now who've confessed to me that they've never developed a positive way of dealing with the terrible things they see 
to the point that they have mocked younger officers who haven't developed what looks like armor, but they're like, I don't have armor. I, I, I can't cope with these things. And I've literally had one officer that it was so bad that I suggested his career needed to end. And now every time I see him, he, I don't know that he took my advice, but he did end his career. Every time I see him, he grins ear to ear. I mean, he's split like a joker grin ear to ear because he's very happy because he realized he'd seen too much. I'm here to keep the good ones like you behind the badge and develop positive ways of dealing with situations. But I wish the academy talked about, and if yours did, thank God, but not all academies are created equal. I wish they would talk about things like Ganser, Ganser syndrome, if I pronounced it correctly. And then finally, you may learn in the academy things. You'll learn a lot of things in the academy that don't actually work on the street, that have no relevance on the street. They will tell you in the academy sometimes this doesn't work on the street, but it's what we teach. Sorry. I have seen police officers graduate from the academy that have never done anything but plant both feet and shoot from a standing position. Not shooting prone, not shooting on their side, not shooting on their back, not shooting at night, not shooting low light, not shooting with, with lights blinking back and forth, not having to go through clear, uh, shoot houses, not doing force-on-force -force training. And I've had chiefs of police call me, coffee sip break, and say, Paul, I know that you shoot competitively. I am not at the top of that game, but I can shoot. Will you please take this officer to your house? I live on private property with a private range and help these individuals over time. It's been several to learn to shoot well so that they don't die on the job because my department does not have the resources to teach them. The Academy was supposed to do that and they did not. I literally talked to a chief of police recently. Now, thank God he's got the training and he was, he's actually an instructor and he's amazing. He turns around and, and a police officer graduated the academy and day one, getting ready to hire in his department, failed his shooting test. Which was not this outlandish shooting test. And he spent some time helping this officer actually learn how to shoot. Where am I going with this? There is such a thing as institutional inbreeding where institutions and organizations, they teach that you're the best of the best of the best. And it's not true I've literally had officers that have, they've been trained to believe that they are super high speed and they can barely clear the holster. They are super high speed, but their draw time is three or four seconds. Um, and they might be facing a person that can draw in a sub, have a sub one second draw stroke. You know what that means? By the time you get your gun halfway to the holster, you're dead. And I've seen officers that have this braggadocia, and it's a young man's folly, and women fall into this too. A lot of ego, a lot of testosterone, a lot of pride, a lot of, a lot of alpha male baloney. I need some water. And they fall into this trap. Excuse me. <coughs> you need to train and practice outside of that world. I know a, an officer that's very high speed in his department. He goes from his state and he comes over to um, another state <clears throat> and he actually participates in, um, in shooting competitions to see how he really stacks up. And these are moving and shooting IDPA type contests. 
He wants to see how he really stacks up because he has come to realize over time that what he was taught was really actually subpar compared to what it needed to be. I wish they taught in the academy that you need to, you need to understand that what you're learning here is the beginning. Now, some academies teach this, I'm sure, but this is a minimum standard level. It's not the end all be all. And I've literally had police officers go, oh, I went through the academy. Why do I need to learn more? Huh? Anyway, on that note, I'm going to pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for everyone listening. I ask that you would guide it to the right ears. Lord God, we need to change uh, some of the things that happen in academies, Lord God. But people need to be prepared for the fact that the academy is not going to teach them remotely everything they need to know. Lord God, I thank you for this podcast, the opportunity to talk to your people, to bless those who put on a uniform of service and protect us every day. I ask that you guide, bless, and protect them. Bend the bullets around them. Cause the bad guy to stumble. I lift them up to you in the one name that makes it possible. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Guys, let's do this again. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. 